lust to multiply, man and woman. In God's image, lust to multiply and govern the earth. This, in God's eyes, was very good, evening and morning, six days. And thus the heavens and the earth, and all the hosts of them were finished. And God rested the seventh day and blessed it, and sanctified it, for in it God had created everything he had made, and it was good. Beautiful, amen? Oh man, can you imagine how much fun God would have had just setting all things up for us? In um, as much as you probably were entertained very much so <laughs> by just the, the little things popping out here and there, and this is just scratching the surface of all that God created and made. By the word of the mouth, or by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. By the breath of his mouth, the starry hosts were hung in heaven. Let all the earth fear him. Let all the inhabitants be in awe of him. For he commanded and it stood fast. He spoke and it was done. Wow. This is the God that we serve. Amen? Amen. You know, today... Um, we, we want to just kind of round out our Day of Delight sermon series. And, um, you know, we're going to dive into a, a short study here together, but I just hope that we recognize that when we are called to reflect upon God as the Creator, it's supposed to call from us a response of awe and praise and trust. And that's, what, that's why God has given us this day. It's a day, yes, to remember Him, but it's a day to remember our relationship to Him. And so uh, we're, we're going to bow our heads together for, for prayer. I actually, I also want to request that we maybe uh, bring up the curtain just because I want the natural surroundings too of this. <laughs> and so let's bow our heads together for prayer. Father in heaven, as we open up the word just briefly together, we ask that you would almost transport our hearts and minds to that first week, that first day of life and breath when we realize that that first sunset was bringing on sacred time, time to rest in a relationship with an almighty God who has an all-reaching love for each of us. And so, Lord, as we open up the Bible, we pray that you would teach us, even more so, how to have day, this day of delight and delight ourselves in the Lord. We pray in Jesus' saving name, let the family say, Amen. Amen. You've got a Bible maybe in your lap, maybe in the pew in front of you. We're just going to go to a couple simple passages. Uh, we're going to start in Exodus chapter 31. Exodus chapter 31. This Exodus is the second book of the Bible right after Genesis. If your neighbor needs some help, go ahead and reach over. Exodus chapter 31. Now, for our younger listeners... For our younger audience, um, I want to, we're going to actually do a little bit of a listening activity, okay? A listening challenge, all right? There is a secret word that I'm going to have you guys listen for, and I want you to try to keep count. Try to keep count of how many times I actually say this word, all right? 
Maybe your parents can help you or your adventurer staff can help you. If you run out of fingers, you might need some paper to, to just kind of make some tally marks, okay? And here's the code word. You ready? Ready? The word is sign. Sign, okay? The word is sign. All right, so are we in Exodus chapter 31, yes or no? All right, Exodus chapter 31. Now, for those of you who have not been a part of this sermon series, this is Day of Delight part four. Uh, Three weeks ago, we looked at part one and we realized that the Sabbath is, in fact, not a day of drudgery, but the Sabbath is a day of delight. It's a day of rare and royal delight, exquisite, luxurious rest in Jesus. And so we prepare, it calls us to prepare for this day of delight. Uh, Week two, we we realize that, okay, we are called to prepare, but we are called to make this day. We're called to create this day with enthusiasm and passion. And so we create it by resting in a relationship with God and with others, the upward and the outward, right? Last Last week, we looked at the ways in which we not only make the Sabbath, but we guard and protect the Sabbath from delight destroyers. We looked at delight destroyers in a very real sense. We looked at the Bible's don'ts, but we always connected it to the principles of do's. What we ought not to do in light of what we get to do, and all of this is by faith. We realize that. And so if you're looking for those, uh, we can always make you some more CDs or um, the sermon recordings are actually uploaded online, except actually last week, so we'll, we'll make sure to get that up. But today, we're going to offer some final thoughts just to kind of round out our picture of this day of delight. We're going to look at some practical suggestions toward experiencing the delight of God's Sabbath. And now we're going to begin in Exodus 31. If you're there, say amen. amen. All right. Kids, remember what code word? What's the code word? Sign. Sign. All right. Have I said it yet? No. no. Okay. Good. All right. <laughs> okay. Exodus chapter 31. Here we go. Beginning in verse 12, the Bible says, I'm reading from the New King James, the Bible says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak also to the children of Israel, saying, Surely my Sabbaths you shall keep, for it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, that you may know that I am the Lord who does what? Who sanctifies you. I am the Lord who makes you holy. And then down in verse 17, the Bible continues. It says, It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. I hope we can see this, that in in the book of Exodus, God is making very, very clear that the Sabbath is not just an idea to agree with or disagree with, The Sabbath is not just a day to remember or time to let pass by. The Sabbath is actually a sign. The Sabbath is actually a sign. That is, is, it's, it's, it's something to see and it's something to make, which means that this adds a very concrete dynamic to what Sabbath truly is. Think about this. Think about the times in which you have been commissioned to make a sign. Maybe it was, uh, you know, you're waiting for someone at the airport, and you hadn't seen that significant other in months, and you're you're just making this sign, welcome home, right? Or maybe you've uh, put on a yard sale, or you were trying to make sure that people saw where your birthday party was, and so you put out a sign, right? Okay. 
Sorry, I, I hope this doesn't get distracted. <laughs> here we go. So, signs, here it is. Signs are meant to be, number one, on display. They're meant to be on display, and they are by design. Okay? So, what do, what do we mean? Signs are meant to be on display. That means they're visible. They're eye-catching. The word in Scripture is often used in the context of those things that God does, those miraculous wonders that God does to catch people's attention. They're tokens of divine activity so that when you see it, you know that God did it. The Sabbath is supposed to be like that. That when you see it, then you realize, oh, that's God. And in this context, we realize that Sabbath acts like a symbol It's a symbol that carries meaning beyond just the day itself. It carries meaning to say that when people see the Sabbath, they don't just see a day, they actually see a God who is Lord of the day. Sabbaths are meant to be signs that are on display. But Sabbath is also to be a sign that is meant to be made by design. So it's on display and it's also by design. In other words, you know, when you, yeah, just kind of calling back to memory, those times when you've been able to make a sign. Remember the kind of effort that you put into that. The kind of planning. You needed to kind of map it out and make sure that you didn't go beyond the edges and that, you know, the, the B for birthday was, was way over here so that the D for day isn't like way over here too. You want it to be, you know, you're intentional. You're, you're mapping it out. You're, you're planning and you're doing it on purpose. You get materials. You take great care to make sure that the message you want it to communicate is actually being communicated. In other words, you don't want that sign to be noticed for the wrong reasons, right? (laughs) You want it to be appealing and attractive, not, oops, someone tried. (laughs) And so signs are, are on display, and they are by design. And the question about the Sabbath is, what is the Sabbath on display for? What is the design intended to reveal. In the verses that we just read, Exodus chapter 31, take a look again. Exodus 31 verse 13, the Bible says, speak also to the children of Israel saying, surely my Sabbaths you shall keep for it is a sign between who? Between me and you. Between me and you. This is God speaking. God is saying, hey look, I want this to be between you and me. It's that wink, wink, that chuckle, chuckle, that that inside joke that, you know, that significant other and you only know about. God is saying, look, I want this to be a sign of a relationship. What is the Sabbath sign supposed to display? It's supposed to display a relationship. What kind of relationship? Well, let's let's take a look. The verse continues. It's a sign between me and you throughout your generations that you may know that I am the Lord Who sanctifies you? Do you know that God sanctifies you? Did you know that? Well, let me ask this question. What does it mean to sanctify something, right? (laughs) What does it mean to sanctify? The very first time we see that word sanctify is in Genesis chapter 2, verse 3. Yes. The very first time is, is in the context of that seventh day when God made that day holy. He set it apart from the rest. He made it different. Not just different to be weird, but different to be consecrated for a sacred purpose. And did you know that God is not just in the business of making days holy, but people holy? 
When people see that day kept holy, it's supposed to put on display that he is making hearts holy. I don't know about you, but that is a faith thing. Right? We, we said that repeatedly last week. Sanctification, the process of becoming holy and set apart for God, is not by force or grunt or spiritual oomph. It's by faith. It's by resting in the fact that he is the Lord who sanctifies us, not we ourselves. I don't know if that, maybe you need to kind of marinate on that a little bit. Because I think we have an easy time realizing, okay, God made us, I couldn't make myself, right? Jesus died on the cross, he purchased us, he paid our ransom, I couldn't save myself. But then when it comes to the process of becoming holy, sometimes, whether we say it out loud or not, we think to ourselves, God, I got it from here. (laughs) But the Sabbath points to this reality that it is the Lord who sanctifies us and not we ourselves. Which is why the best way to celebrate what God does and what we don't do is by to rest. By stopping because we can't do it ourselves. And so this is the sign. It's a sign of relationship. It's a sign of trusting that he is the one who sanctifies us. It's a trusting relationship. And it's, it's key here that if we take this analogy or this, this, uh, this mnemonic of a sign, we realize that it's not just the fact that we keep the Sabbath, but the way we keep the Sabbath that puts the decorations on that sign. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but it's the way we make our Sabbaths that impacts the message that this Sabbath sign communicates. Whether we know it or not, when we make the Sabbath a delight, it shows, it displays a joy of trust, a joy and gratitude that comes with knowing God. But when we make the Sabbath a drudgery, that's a sign still. But it communicates a message that it was never intended to communicate. It communicates a message that we have a relationship with God, but it's a relationship to a God who has bound us and not delivered us. So what kind of sign, (laughs) what kind of sign of the Sabbath do we carry around? It's a day of delight, friends. It's a day of delight. And I I just want to encourage us that as we've been talking about this over the last month, that God is inviting us to be intentional about the way we make our Sabbath sign. He's inviting us to do it on purpose, to not let it be done by chance. That every seventh day, we get to make a sign, a sign of our relationship to God. And so here, we've talked about delight-do principles. You know, way back when, maybe you remember this, delight-do principle number one was to prepare. Prepare for the Sabbath. Delight-do principle, I kind of, uh, I simplified it in my rehashing of my previous sermon, but delight-do principle number two we'll say is rest. Rest in relationship with God, rest in in restored connection with others. But here's the third one. Delight do principle number three. You ready? Delight do principle number three is accent and decorate the Sabbath. What do you mean by that? Accent and decorate the Sabbath. What I mean is this. Creatively make the Sabbath with accents, with with delights that, that engage the senses, an accent that tangibly and intentionally create an environment that is completely distinct in the rest of the week. 
Some of you have this decorating knack, right? Some of you have this artistic knack that, that when, you, when you put this touch here or that simple touch here, even if it's not visible, maybe it's like just an environmental thing. You put on a CD in the background and things just kind of change the environment, it changes the climate. We can accent the Sabbath in such a way that the environment of the Sabbath is so much different than the rest of the week. And it shows that we have a relationship not just with the, 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 the grind of this world, but the relationship with the God of this universe. So, you're looking for ideas. Maybe you're wondering, how can you accent the Sabbath? I mean, I come to church, and I go to Sabbath school, and then I go to potluck, and then I sleep. How, what are you t- <laughs> how can I accent it? No, if you've been listening to the sermon series, you, you know that there are many, many other ways to make the Sabbath. Amen? Okay. Hopefully, all right. <laughs> but how can we accent the Sabbath? What am I talking about? The simple touches. Here's, here's what, the, the whole goal is to engage the whole person in realizing that this day is different. Not just a, a difference of drudgery of what I don't get to do, but a difference of what I do get to do, okay? And so what am I talking about? I'll just give you some ideas, ideas, uh, maybe even things that you can be, make uh, into family traditions or customs at home. But I remember kind of growing up, my first inclination of this idea that Sabbath could be different in, a, in a, an awesome sense was when I started hanging out actually with Debbie and her family on Friday nights. Uh, we were in high school and um, occasionally they would invite me over for Friday night tacos. And I'm like, oh, Friday night tacos, let's do it. And so apparently at the Phillips home, the Phillips family tradition was Friday night tacos. It was something that the family expected. They didn't have to think about it. They just kind of did it and they did it with joy because oh, I remember one of Debbie's brothers just really gobbled up the corn. And <laughs> if there was any leftover veggie meat, oh, he, he was taking it. The thing is that the Sabbath, it, it was marked out distinctly, not just in the calendar, but even in their sense of taste and hunger. For them, they decorated, they accented the Sabbath in that way. It engaged their senses. What are some other ways? What are some other ways? Uh, I remember hearing a professor of mine kind of share at the seminary when she was taking classes in Israel, as she was learning the Hebrew language, she was taking classes there for one summer. She immersed herself in the culture. Obviously, she was surrounded by Sabbath keepers out there. And what she noticed was that they treated Sabbath as though she were a royal guest to welcome into their homes. And so when Sabbath came, guess what they did? They, they, they set candles. They, they sang songs. They baked bread. It was called challah bread. And in fact, she, she mentioned that when she would walk the streets of Israel, she would smell this all around town. <laughs> that kind of thing. So it engaged not just their, their hunger and their, their taste, but also their sense of smell and sight. All of these things. It accentuated, it highlighted this day of delight. So actually, my, my family and I have taken some cues from, from those practices that, that the Jewish culture continues to, to engage. And so when Friday night comes, when we have the opportunity to, and we, we have the openness of time, what we'll do is we'll have a, a little family worship. And our, our family worship on Friday night is kind of the same format, so we kind of make it traditional. We pick a few songs, we bring out the felts, we do felt stories, felt Bible stories, and then we sing this song called, It's Sabbath. 
and my rest has arrived. And we sing this song, and as we come to the end of the chorus, Oh, holy God, this holy day, come purify our lives, we pray. We gather around a table, and we take two candles, one for Jenna and one for Jaden, and we light those candles. We let them blow out the match, and uh, we just sing that, sing, say that phrase, Happy Sabbath! <laughs> and we do this song, maybe you've heard it, Sabbath is a happy day, yeah, yeah. Okay, you want to finish it? No. <laughs> but we pick each other up, we give each other hugs, it's, it's concretizing in their hearts and minds that this is different time. It's not just different by what they don't get to do, but it's different because we've accentuated it with things that they do get to do, that they can't every other day of the week. And so, in moments of utmost joy and candidness, Jenna will say, on Sunday, she'll say, Dear God, thank you that it's almost Sabbath. <laughs> do, you, do, you see, do you see what's going on? When you make the Sabbath something to anticipate, when you create the sign by design, Sabbath and the God of the Sabbath, becomes the magnet to which our hearts are constantly drawn to. Do you long for that experience too? That's what Isaiah 58 is talking about. When you call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord honorable, and shall honor Him, not speaking your own words, not doing your own ways, nor your own pleasures, then you shall delight yourself in the Lord. When we call the Sabbath that kind of a delight, we end up delighting ourselves in the Lord. It refreshes and renews our relationship with God. So maybe you're, you're taking some ideas down you, to accentuate the Sabbath with a traditional meal, to accentuate the Sabbath with, with a traditional sense of, uh, of family worship on Friday nights. You know what we do is at the end of Sabbath, we, we kind of pay attention to the book ends of Sabbath because we know there are customary things that take place in the, in the middle, you know, church, Sabbath school, potluck, all those things, fellowship, outreach, things like that. But the book ends of the Sabbath, that's something that we want to accentuate. And so we do that with the candles at the beginning. We actually do it, at, again, at the very end of the Sabbath, on Sabbath evening. We'll gather around, we'll share, hey, let's name one blessing from the Sabbath. So each one gets to share a blessing from the Sabbath. And then, and then we get to sing another song. Day is dying in the West. Have you heard that one? That's in the hymnal. I don't know the numbers. Sorry. <laughs> But we come to the end of that course, and we light those candles again, and this time, instead of blowing out the matches, they get to blow out the candles themselves. And at that point, guess what we say? Happy New Week! <laughs> and we say, Sabbath was a happy day. And that's our song at the end of the Sabbath, and we pick each other up, give each other hugs, even wrestle each other to the ground. Happy New Week! We are refreshed for a new day, a new week. And this is what sets it apart. There are other things that you can do. We even have Sabbath placemats. You know, Jenna has this rainbow-colored uh, placemat that a friend gave to her long, long ago, and it says, Happy Sabbath. So Jenna made one for her brother, Jaden. And so that only comes out on Sabbath. I had some friends who actually, in my opinion, they went over the top, but on Sabbath mornings, what they would do is that they would make their breakfast in the shape of Bible stories. Can you imagine this? Yeah, yeah. So, so they, you know, they, if they wanted to do the story of uh, fire coming down when Elijah prayed, you know, they would use their tater tots to make an altar and then a stripple to kind of be the, 
<laughs> you know, the flame of fire that kind of comes down. Amazing, right? I, I remember I was actually visiting them one Sabbath. They live in Boston right now, but I was visiting them one day, or one Sabbath, and they made a, a coat of many colors for Joseph who was made out of a pancake. <laughs> you know, all these kinds of things. And what this did for their kids is that they would look forward to Sabbath. That, that same family, they, their kids actually had Sabbath pajamas, too. You know, it, just, there's this, it, it engaged the senses, things that they would look forward to. They, there were toys that were only for Sabbath, you know. It would give them this anticipation. So what are the accents? What are the simple touches that you could decorate your Sabbath sign with to realize, oh, this is the best day of the week? That's, that's what it's calling us to do. And, and maybe for you, it's making sure you have a Sabbath wholesome treat right after Sabbath lunch, right? <laughs> or maybe, maybe for you, it's, it's actually uh, taking time to, to say a special prayer with one another. Actually, that's something that we like to do too on, the, on Friday nights after, uh, right before we do that whole candle lighting thing. We actually have specific prayers that we pray for one another. We have a, a little ottoman in our living room. We call that the blessing chair right there. And so the kids get on and we, we lay hands on them and we say this simple prayer from Numbers chapter 6. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you peace. And rather than just contenting myself to bow my head, I actually look them in the eyes and say, the Lord bless you, keep you. It's a way to just really concretize this is a blessed day. And then it's mommy's turn. <laughs> Mommy gets to sit on the chair and we read portions of Proverbs 31. Maybe, ladies, if you've never read Proverbs 31, it's a picture of a virtuous woman where strength and honor is her clothing. Charm is deceitful, beauty is passing, ah, but the fear of the Lord, this shall be praised. And so we, we bless mommy. Jaden gets to put hands on a, a knee or Jenna on a Jenna's hand on a shoulder, and then it's daddy's turn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> daddy needs blessing too. And so they read from Psalm 112. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord. And that, that powerful, powerful song, it's a blessing to hear it. It's a blessing to claim it. Families, take some time to bless one another on that Sabbath day. And so these are just simple ideas. And, and I realize that maybe there are some of us who come from family environments or friendship circles where Sabbath is not necessarily engaged in by others around us, right? Maybe you go home and you're the only Sabbath keeper there. Maybe, you know, you, you go back to your friends and you're the only Sabbath keeper in that sphere of influence. I would encourage you to look for ways to decorate your Sabbath because these are the kinds of things that will actually cause people to see a sign of delight rather than of drudgery. In other words, if we're able to make sure that our Sabbath sign positively communicates, then those non-Sabbath keepers around us will be hungry for, hey, how can I get some of that bread? <laughs> Do you understand what I mean? Hey, wow, you get a Sabbath tree. Can I have stripples and tater tots too on my Sabbath, you know? That kind of a thing. In other words, these positive messages will actually communicate and stir a hunger for Sabbath delight that is different than the world has to offer. And maybe that's not necessarily the, the answer to your tension at home when you find yourself surrounded by people participating in things that are not contributing to your Sabbath. What I would say is don't rest with being a thermometer that reflects your environment, but seek to be a thermostat that changes your environment. 
initiate delight, initiate joy, not by highlighting the things that you can't do, but by emphasizing and accentuating the things that you get to do. Does that make sense today, yes or no? Yeah? I hope that's helpful, and I realize that maybe uh, some of this requires some finessing, you know, some individualization, some tailor-making, and I pray that God would continue to give you the wisdom to navigate those kinds of contexts and circumstances. But here's the point. When it comes to all of these accents and decorations to your Sabbath, let's remember to keep the main thing the main thing. You know what I mean by that? <laughs> the main thing is not the fluff. The main thing is not the breakfasts. The main thing is your relationship of joy and trust with Jesus. So yes, engage those, those accents, those decorations that, that highlight the senses and cause you to delight in the Lord. But make sure to keep the main thing the main thing. <laughs> All of our talk about finding delight in this day is aimed at ultimately deepening our delight in God himself. Not just the food, not just the fun, but God himself. And so, simple question. With all of this in mind, this delight do number three, you know, accent and, and decorate your Sabbath sign. What can you do? What, maybe I should say this, what will you do today to splash your Sabbath with new color? What will you do today to call your senses to recognize how sacred and awesome God is? What will you do today to delight yourself in the Lord? Maybe you've got some ideas kind of brewing in your heart and mind. You want to share it with somebody. Hey, how can I, what, what would you do if I, what kind of music do you, share some ideas, encourage one another, pray with one another, and may we delight ourselves in the Lord of the day. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you so much that you are the creator God. You are the creative God. And you are the God who longs to give us delight in this day so we can find delight in the Lord. I pray, Father, for those in our midst who may have signs that are hanging low, signs that have been neglected, Signs that have been born and, and, and carried out of duty as opposed to delight. And Father, please encourage us to fix our eyes on Jesus and find great motivation and inspiration to delight ourselves in you. Lord, I thank you that you give us practical instruction, that this is a sign of a relationship with you. And Lord, today, I pray that this would be a day full of delight. Thank you so much that you've called us to relationship with you. We pray this in Jesus' saving name. Let the family say, amen.